welcome to Bia Talks. Today, we will be discussing a very interesting topic, important and entertaining. Um, and I won't be doing it alone. I actually will have someone with me here today. We're going to be discussing fan identity and, you know, fan communities in general. But first, let's start off with introducing ourselves. My name is Pia. And my guest here, would you like to introduce yourself? Do you want me to introduce you? You can introduce me. Okay, well, her name is Alessandra. She is my sister. And there, I don't have her here just because she's my sister, but because we were both part of a fandom community together. Do you remember that part of your life? I do, yes. And it was very lengthy. Very lengthy. <laughs> we were actually both part of um of the WWE fandom community. We both had fan accounts that we were very proud of. We were both editors, um, photo editors, and I was also a video editor. And I think that's what got her into the fan community. What do you like? How do you consider you got into fandoms in the first place? Well, I've always been a fan of WWE. I was always a fan, but never, uh, I never expressed it through social media until I saw you doing it, spending so many hours just. Editing pictures, editing videos. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. But then it looked interesting to me. So I started downloading apps, starting experimenting with it myself. And I liked it. Yeah. I remember when you first joined, I was like, oh, you know, here she is trying to do my thing. What I'm good at. Is she going to get better than me? I feel like at first I was very stingy with the apps, you know? Very. But, you know, after we both joined it and, um, you know, we started making the, the same friends, the same accounts. Uh, we both started talking to them. It was just very nice to be part of that community, you know, and I feel like at once you joined it, you kind of understood why I was so happy being a part of it, you know. Mm -hmm. But today we're not going to be talking only about our experience in fandoms. We're actually going to be discussing a study that I recently did. I had 16 participants that were, you know, fans of different fandom communities um, in social media today. And I actually asked them, you know, about how they started off in fandoms, you know, what age they were and about the difference between, you know, fandoms back then when they first joined them to um, how fandoms are now. So let's start off with that. How do you feel fandoms have changed from when you were a part of it to now? I know you're disconnected from the fandom communities right now. But do you feel like you see a change in the communities from back then to now? Yes. Right now, the fans seem, well, first of all, there's a lot younger fans than there used to be because now parents get their children phones at like nine years old. Yeah. So that being said, the population now, the fandom population that's, very young between nine and i'd say 14 are the ones that don't know how to limit themselves on how to be a fan you know now everything's easy everything's accessible so like before you wouldn't see anybody breaking in into anybody's house now you see it yeah it's a lot more it's a lot crazier now. Yeah, I feel because there is no limit with social media. I mean, now you can get in contact with the people you're a fan of, the celebrities, you know, that you admire. And it's so easy for them to access it that people don't really feel like there are boundaries anymore, especially because they share so much of their lives. They're like, oh, I know them personally. You know, I can do this. I can go to their house. I can take pictures of myself next to their cars, which is not OK. But it's like they don't see that as something that is wrong. 
Yeah, before it was like, oh, I'm going to wait after the show to see if I can get a picture with them. Like, no, now I'm going to see if they're not home so I can sneak in and take a picture with their stuff. Or I'm going to wait outside their house and wait until they leave so that I can take a picture with them. So, yeah, I feel like fans don't know, you know, the difference between, you know, just being able to access celebrities online to accessing them in real life. You know, I mean, like you said, we used to wait outside shows and see, hey, let's see if we get lucky. But even then, we didn't like follow them to their car and stuff like that. We waited outside the arena and if they stopped, they stopped. And if not, well, bad luck, you know. Just take a picture of them and be happy that you got to see them up close. Yeah, you know, I, I would just go home happy that I even got to take pictures in the show because I remember some people were strict. No pictures of live shows, you know, especially if they weren't televised. When we were WWE fans, if they weren't televised, they didn't want you to take pictures, you know, because spoilers. But then again, who who followed those rules? Exactly. But moving on, do you feel like at some point whenever you were a part of those fan communities, do you feel like you identified with those, you know, Members in the community? Yes. One, because we were a fan of the same... We were fans of the same thing or community. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk about things that I couldn't talk about with anybody else because I wasn't open about my... Um, what do you call it? I guess your, your fan life? My fan life, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't open with it to anybody. I mean, except you. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, our parents knew we were fans. Our family knows we were fans. But then we were different on social media. Yeah. Like, we could be extra, you know? Yeah. And then other people would be just as extra. And it was exciting, you know, to give off that energy and get that energy back. Yeah, without someone being like, why are you acting like that? Exactly. Yeah. Especially because, you know, as a fan, I feel like I could give off a more, like, fun part of myself you know that i couldn't give off and for example with my friends in school sometimes i feel like i could appear a little bit too much you know and i feel like they wouldn't understand especially now you know one of the things that my participants mentioned in the study was that a lot of people don't understand the language of stan twitter and i feel like you can relate to that because you're not really um into stan twitter at the moment i feel like I you used to be this to be honest <laughs> so Stan Twitter is the Twitter, you know, online community, you know, fan communities on Twitter. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand such terms, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, wig flu. And then they're like, what? Wig flu? Like, what does that mean? Where's the wig? Like, where'd it go? And it's just like saying, oh, my God, like that com- that completely, you know, blindsided me. Like, oh, my God, that's exciting. Or that's like a big deal. Wig flu. Well, not a lot of people understand that. And it might seem dumb. It might seem stupid. And yet, Stan Twitter uses it constantly. And it's just like a, a normal term to them, you know? Hashtag wig flu. Exactly. <laughs> so, I also wanted to ask, do you feel like at some point you identified with the person that you were a fan of? Yes. Not entirely because it was a dude. Yeah. But in a way where at some point during my fandom, I mean, my fan life years. Like your fan era. My fan era, yeah, <laughs> to put it in a simple way. I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be, well, what it was called before, a WWE diva. Yeah. Well, now diva. it's like, yeah. I, not, I think it intrigued me more because of the diva part. Because before, I used to be such a girly girl. Mm-hmm. But then doing that 
and then doing what I liked to watch, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be able to actually wrestle. <laughs> but just thinking about what if I was able to do it, I really, back then it was like my dream. Like, hey, I want to go to wrestling school. I know I would never make it, but hey. Yeah, just the experience. Like, hey, I want to go to wrestling school. And it would be cool if I even got accepted to one that I, an old wrestler, you know, ran. Mm -hmm. I remember when I heard that Seth Rollins, you know, opened a wrestling school. I was like, oh, my God, let's go sign up. Mm -hmm. And we wanted just to meet Seth Rollins, just to meet Seth Rollins, you know, but it was a big deal. We were like, OK, but it's out of state. And it's in I think it's in Iowa. I think we even contemplated moving at some point. Yes. We were really like we were fans. Yes, because we ad we admired the whole, you know, art that wrestling is, because to me, it is an art. And a lot of people, you know, say, oh, wrestling is fake and blah, blah, blah. But we really enjoyed it. And at some point, we wanted to be wrestlers and just seeing how much it has evolved, too. Like, now it's not just WWE divas. Now it's female wrestlers. And, you know, there's a lot more equality. And it's so cool. But that was one of the things that, you know, we identified with, like, hey, that's a dude. He wrestles. He kicks butt. But hey, I can do that too. Maybe not, but I think I can. You know, it was fun beating each other. Oh yeah, we had a lot of those days where you know concussions and stuff like that. Almost but, broke my neck. So you felt like at some point you had a different identity than when you were talking with members of the community in comparison to members in your real life, like peers in school. Oh yeah. But it was completely different conversations, completely different. Um, uh, what is that word? I remember once you mentioned uh, about you showed your husband recently your fan account. Well, yes, I not so much showed him. I opened it up again and he found it. So he started going through it, through it. No, what did happen? I told him about it. Then he looked for it. Oh. Then he started going through all my captions. He was like, was this you? Did you write this? Like, what? You know, it was it was surprising. Not that he judged or anything, but it was surprising to see a different side of me, how it was back then, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Imagine if he would have seen you being like, wig. You know, he would have been like, what is this? Wig? Wig. Flu? <laughs> so did you feel at some point that you needed to hide your fan account from i always hid my fan account always not only my account but my fandom period because in school hey nails done eyeliner eyelashes hair everything girly girl yes so it was like wrestling's for dudes you know yeah and all these dudes in my school what are they gonna say you know i'm gonna leave that to you I'm, I don't know who, what wrestler, Randy or who's that? Who's Randy Orton? I don't know Randy <laughs> But yeah, I remember when I first created my fan account, I even went to the lengths of blocking people from school. Oh yeah, I remember. Before I even started because being active. Because came up in the, like in the, what is it called? In the suggested. Yeah, suggested follow or suggested, whatever, whatever that you get. It. The suggested friends or suggested followers, like you should follow this person. And I remember once. I found it in my personal account and I was like, should I block myself? You know, so people won't be able to find me. Yeah. You know, you even blocked me once or twice. I'm, I I'm did sure before I started my. Yeah, because sometimes you would make fun of me for what I posted, you know, and then I was like, you know what? You won't be able to see it because blocked. And then you joined it and you understood me, you know, but a lot of the participants that I interviewed, 
they said that they did feel the need to hide because a lot of people judge what they don't know, you know, and just also hearing, you know, the stereotypical fangirl is, you know, she's obsessed with a celebrity. She loves him. She doesn't even know him. And it's just like that stereotype surrounds all fans. And that's what that's what makes people feel like fans are bad fans are just obsessed and fans are weird you know and that's what scares fans into coming out and being like yeah i'm a fan of this and i love it yeah before we used to have our room filled with posters of every single wrestler you can think of not just because of the fandom because hey back then it was nice to look at you know (laughs) so but friends come over then get on your bed and take down every single thing that could even be close to a fan. All posters. All posters. We got on our beds and we started bringing them down, hid them in the closet, hid them under the bed, and no one could open our closet. No one could get down on the floor. Don't look at our stuff. We hid everything. And we felt the need to do that even with our closest friends because of the fear like, hey, how would they react if they knew I'm a fan? Especially of, a, Especially of wrestling. Of wrestling, you know, a male-dominated kind of, you know, sport. You know, and it really intimidated us to show people that side of ourselves. So, which brings me to the point, do you feel like fandoms and social media, they play an essential role in social media? You know, using social media as a platform, do you think that because of how much it has evolved, do you think they have become more powerful than they used to be? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons for that is because they seriously come up with social media campaigns. I mean, they could seriously be professionals in marketing as well. I mean, they come up with social media campaigns, you know, power hours where you tweet to the point where they can get you number one trending in the world, you know, and they're so good at that. And they know how to manage social media. They've learned it. They've mastered it. And now it's just an easy tool that they can use. And it doesn't matter what platform it is, whether it is Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, any platform, they dominate it. I don't think that you can be on Twitter, for example, and not run into a tweet by a fan. Any topic, any training topic, you will find a fan there. And I think that that's actually one of the things that my participants said is you will find Dan Twitter in any tweet. No matter what, because Stan Twitter just takes over Twitter as a platform, you know, and it's just important to educate ourselves on what fandoms are and how they work and just educate ourselves on fan culture. Because I do think that if we don't, we are really missing out a key part of, you know, the communication field. We're missing out. And I do feel like fan communities and, you know, social media are continuously evolving and i don't think that one can have success without the other like i really do think they play key parts in both successes you know and that was one of the main points that i had for this podcast today was just to bring light to how important fandom communities are and how educated people need to get to get past this whole stigma surrounding fans and to just start letting them enjoy the community and join it if they want i mean Everyone's a fan of something. Everyone's a fan of something, whether it is a movie, an actor. uh, I don't know. Both of my brother-in-laws are fans of cars, you know. And they both created fan accounts for their cars. Exactly. But then when I approached them about being part of a fandom, they were like, no, 
I don't do that. I just I just like cars. But that's a fandom. You know, so we really have to educate ourselves on fandom communities. And I really do think that if this same study was conducted in five to ten years, I really do feel like the results could be different because things are cont- like changing every single year. Things are changing. Things are evolving. People are becoming more open about what they're a fan of and how yeah. hard they're fans of that. Because being a fan is freaking cool. And, you know, getting to show that on social media, that's amazing. I mean, fans are capable of change, big change. And I really do think it would be interesting if someone in the future did this study and was able to interview cosplayers. Because cosplayers, they dress up and impersonate. Oh, yeah, those are those are the real deal. Yeah, but it's pretty cool how they just take over the role and just live it. You know, so it would be interesting to ask them about fan identification in the future. You know, they they are not a fan. They 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 become what they idolize. Exactly. And I find that really cool. So it would be interesting to get that input in the future. If another if someone wants to do this research again, do it. Go and interview cosplayers. I'm pretty sure we would get a different type of input and in- educate ourselves further on fandoms in general. You know? But it was really nice talking about this with you today. It was very entertaining. I feel like your input was important to this as well because even though you're not a fan no part of a fan community now you know you were able to kind of bring light to how it was back then and i could bring light to what it is now you know but i had so much fun talking about this with you thank you for joining me today you're welcome now i gotta go to the gym and try to become a wrestler yeah (laughs) and we should do this again so if you enjoyed this podcast you know Tell us some more ideas. Tell us more things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And we will Give for it sure do it. Give a thumbs up. Comment below. <laughs> wrong <laughs> platform. Wrong platform. But thank you for joining us. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>